Hello and welcome to another episode of The Love Boat. I'm your host, Matt Johnson. Special guest joining us this week, Tom Schreier, uh, curator of Zone Coverage. How are we doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm glad to join the show. I'm trying to think of the last time I was on, but it's it's been a minute. Last season, and last season yeah. was a lot different than this season. <laughs> we'll different. talk about that for sure. Uh, Carter, Preet, you guys are here. How are we doing? Good, doing good. How are good? you? Uh, I don't know. I mean... The bye week's always good because the Vikings can't lose. So that's the bright side. I'll always say that. And, you know, pretty good matchup coming out of it. But it's the bye week. It's a time for retrospection. I do want to talk about the season as a whole. I think it's a good time for that since, you know, it's the Raiders game. I'm not super excited for that. But uh, there are a lot of question marks going into it. And it involves our quarterback position. And, Tom, let me start with this. It's a big topic, but. You're covering the team. What are you mm-hmm. thinking when we're going into the Falcons game with Jaron Hall as our yeah. starter and then Josh Dobbs, who's been there four days. That's all we were talking about, you know, after the game. What was your expectation kind of at that point of the season when you were writing and like yeah. trying to stay positive? But yeah, I mean, just to walk towards it, obviously, like I think back to that game in Chicago. So this is mm-hmm. a 19 13 win. I mean, they're they're four and one uh, or sorry, one and four. Um, I'm thinking like, should he just lose this? Like Justin Jefferson got injured yeah. week five against Kansas city. Um, you know, there was some talk, like you maybe could get Caleb Williams, even without being the worst team, because it sounds like they're going to be kind of picky about where he goes. And I feel like as much That's as we knew, I, well, I, I mean, the, the way I saw it, like as much as we knew last year, there was an element of luck to it. I'm sure I've cited this stat, maybe literally on your show. I've, I've definitely done it in writing. They only won one game as an underdog. That's the Buffalo game, which obviously was borderline miraculous. One of the most, I was there, one of the most memorable <laughs> yeah. games I've been at. The only game they lost that they were favored in was the New York game in the playoffs, right? Of course, right? You go 11 and 0, one score games in the regular season, then lose the one that you got to win in order to advance. But um, so I'm not saying it's not like fluky. And obviously we've seen it even out. I mean, now they're five and six, right? In one score games, the, the Green Bay game, they won by two scores. And we kind of knew that, like, even though they've called themselves situational masters and Kevin O'Connell practices all sorts of different situations to have these guys ready, like, there's an element of luck. I mean, I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know in, like, a lot of these one-score games. But I was like, hey, look, like, Tampa was shocked they lost. Like, they were favorites in that one. Should have won that one to start. Obviously, when they busted out, like, the the retro jerseys to start, they clearly thought, like, hey, this is kind of like the – you know, in college football, like you play some random like D2 team or whatever to start. Like that was Baker Mayfield's Tampa Bay Buccaneers lose that. I knew they'd lose in Philly. They almost shocked the Eagles though. Almost, almost did. I was there. I was, I will say this, like there definitely was some tension there, but it's one of those things where the, the score kind of is deceptive. That's 34, yeah. 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it did not I agree. Feel like... It would have happened late, late if it was, you know, and... going to go to overtime or something. They just ran the ball. Like they, they took the foot off the gas in the second. It, it didn't feel like the Vikings had a lot of control. I agree of that with game, that. Despite pretty. the score, it's. I mean, and I think the big tell was like, well, Jer- Jalen Hurts didn't play well. No, Jalen Hurts, but but the thing is, like, when you game, but... and I know, yes. So like, I'm not going to dive into this because it's, mm-hmm. it's what we we're yeah, we'll week 14. <laughs> yeah, we'll but the point is, just to just make, and I think this is perspective matters leading into this Atlanta game. Is that like? You looked at that defense, and I remember, and our boy Searles, who who we all love, and he's a he's a good short view boy. Um, but like, he was like, dude, this defense is just toast. He's like, you just can't. I was like, on that at- train. I was on that train early on, like until week I, well, three, week four. When you look at like Howie Roseman, and obviously when you look at how good the Eagles are, it's easy to go like, hey, the GM's done a good job. But like, he does build in the trenches, right? I mean, that's like, you know, he's got these big guys, and like literally they the vikings had this light personnel and they're just running all over them and so it just felt worse obviously than than um it, it actually felt the my takeaway was actually philadelphia felt like the new seattle you know what i mean like are the vikings just gonna go there every year and lose yeah. <laughs> and so and it's worse at least people in seattle are nice in philadelphia it's a wonderful city my brother actually lives there but it's a very hostile 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 uh environment there obviously you, you'd expect this chargers game to be a, a 50 50 
finally went in Carolina. I stayed with Preet, who was who was kind enough to allow me to stay at his oh, house. We also went to that. South. We went to South Carolina for five minutes. I was like, Preet, do we want to go to a bar and hang out and watch some college football? No, no, no. Let's just turn around. And so I have bucket list. I guess I have been in South Carolina for five minutes. Um, but uh, you know, right. Kansas City and Chicago, and like the Chicago game, like I just in general was in a bad mood. I was going. I literally just went out there because I have a friend from college who lives there. Um, lifelong Chicago guy. I've gone out there. Like I'm trying to think last year, I think it was literally a meaningless game. And I was just like, when it was week like, 17. Yeah. Week, week 17. Yeah. Week 18. And like, and like meaningless game. And I literally just went out there to, to see my friend cover the game, whatever. Um, but I was, my, my friend had initially planned to go to New York two weeks before that game. Uh, it flooded and that like New York flooded. And then he rescheduled for that week. So I I'm texting him being like, Hey, I get in at this time. Like, how do I get to your place? Stuff like that. He had a new place. And he goes, Oh shit. And I'm like, well, great. Now I just like put a flight to Chicago, which every flight's expensive. Now Chicago's not easy to say whatever. And I'm sitting there going, man, I would have taken that money and I'm not kidding and use that for Atlanta. <laughs> so, so at the time I'm literally, and this is more personal than we need to get, but like literally they go on this run, right? In Chicago, I'm like, they're toast. Like they, it looks like they're just lost without Justin Jefferson. Like sh- San Francisco is favored by like seven points in Minneapolis. Well, right? let's, let's go back because that Chicago yeah. game felt like a dominant win to me. Um, especially for Minnesota. For Minnesota. It, did it? Why? For the rest of the season, yeah. Well, yeah, that's not. They saying... started playing better in Bajan came in, but I'm saying the score. They, it was still a one score game. No, it I'm was saying st- the score doesn't accurately represent that game to me. I feel like it, I feel like it did. We we so, did not so play well. I think my I think my question here. I think everyone not... but like Kirk played decent. Um, oh, not the running game. I'm going to ask you about the running back situation. And 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 here's the other thing: is Hawkinson. Hawkinson played fine. I don't have the stats in front of me. He, but he like. I'm We're like, a pro Hawkinson podcast, huh? and I love Hawkinson. He, he so he had 50 yards in that game, and he had two <laughs> big drops. It felt yeah. like 10, but it was like you know. I think what Kirk was doing is he going, "Hey, Justin Jefferson isn't here, so you have to be Justin Jefferson." And the and the obvious difference between. Justin Jefferson and like most of humanity, right? Let alone Justin Jefferson and a really, really good tight end, albeit the the highest paid one in the league. Yeah. Is like he can just throw it at Justin Jefferson and is probably gonna catch it, right? With Hawkinson, there has to be like a little bit of leverage, right? Between him and whoever's defending him. It seems him or, he's adjusted it, into that role a little better now. Yeah, and I you know, I think like in Denver, like now granted, those were two throws. Dobbs like literally threw him with I think it was like Timmons behind him and he just Dobbs like, uses him as a safety valve a lot. Yeah, and and he and it's worked. And to be, by the way, Hawkinson has been really good. You think of 134 yards against New Orleans or whatever. But yeah. like, I, the thing with the dominant win is like obviously the San Francisco one changes the paradigm. I, again, not saying anything different, but that's the difference between two and five and three and four. But not only that, but like the difference between two and five, you're wa- wandering into no man's land. Like I know, pre you're a fatalist, but I'm like listening to the show and you're like, I see five wins, and usually I'm like, pre that's the most insane thing I've ever heard. And I mean thank that you. Like, almost thank universally. You. But, he's, uh, he's about to justify my take here, Carter. Don't thank him right now. But, no, uh, I just, no, it just feels good to hear it out in reality. Here's the, here's the thing. Carter and I agree universally, but I, in a very specific, specific way, like I was actually looking at it and being like, look, there may, it, like they may end up just in no man's land where like, I know no one's going to feel good if they go nine and eight and resign Kirk Cousins. I literally just wrote about it on the site today or for, for Monday, but like, I, I think like um, it's actually worse to be like a five or six win team because oh, you're absolutely. not you you probably took yourself I mean you did you take yourself out of the running for like getting the quarterback you're picking no one, like nine or eight you're not and picking. the other the other thing is people just go hey the O'Connell stuff's nonsense and here's the thing like I there is some like in terms of sequencing and pay, play calling we can pick apart like some other O'Connell stuff sometimes he just outsmarts himself right I mean they're like hey why are, why are you snapping the ball to Hawkinson and pitching it to Dobbs you know what I mean and granted the guy like yeah to take his head off but like <laughs> that just but he did this he did this against New York too like cute. he yeah I mean he had like I think he the had, screen passed to Kirk on third and one yeah, early in that Giants yeah. game <laughs> and, and that's just like it's one of those things where like a lot of there's a lot of merit to what he does there's sometimes where you do the right thing and you get the wrong result and right? hey that play calling kind of worked when we had Dobbs improvising for three weeks was that was that really was that really it was it working or is that more of just i think it's Dobbs the coaching i don't think there's is it impacted by well i don't know it absolutely is play calling plays a role but you know when the other team doesn't know what to expect period from your starting quarterback because he's been on the team for three weeks and or less at 
you know, first that, two that's games. what I'd say is just like leading the Atlanta game. Obviously you guys remember the green Bay one. It's, it's the weirdest thing to like, cause you guys felt it. Like if it's felt the way you would expect in the locker room where it's like, you're like under any other circumstance, you'd be thrilled. You won 24, 10, you know, yeah. especially like, and obviously we don't know what happens because green Bay drops to two and five there. I think goes to three and six and gets back to six and six. Like you look back at that game and, and you don't have any context. You're just talking to an alien. They'd be like, Dude, that was a huge win. Like, look at how good Jordan Love's looking. Look at the run Green Bay's on. Like, it sets the tone for the game in Minneapolis here, right? It, you know, that really will matter um, in week 17. And, like, in the moment, you're like, well, Jordan Love sucks. Like, their fans felt kind of wishy, you know, just talking to some people around there, felt wishy-washy about the team. Like, our writers... Well, the floor is not coaching well, Kirk. Yeah, was, I mean, truly, it's... it's well, both teams lost that week. Well, and that's the thing is, like, it was like, LaFleur can't do anything without Rogers. And I know it because I edit the Packers vertical we have. Literally, like I told our guys, you can't, everyone's lead can't be, this is a rebuilding year. I'm like, hey, you guys live in such a fantasy land that like, <laughs> this just isn't like something that you like occurs to you that like occasionally a team might have to rebuild. But like, and, and also, the bounce back effect is so crazy because now I'm seeing people are like, oh, the Packers have three all of them quarterbacks in a row. After and, one good game, I'll have you win. Know. Well, and a, a game where they won because the refs again swallowed their yeah, whistle. Yeah, that was Lambeau crazy. But on, on the about the same, but I would argue Love looked good. He did. Oh look no, good he looked good. against Detroit, but good. he's had two good games here. Um, yeah, I don't think he's Hall of Famer. I think what it is is it's justified like upsetting Rodgers. You know what I mean? You got a viable quarterback at the very least with with Love, and I think it justifies upsetting Rodgers. It justifies having this guy sit through his rookie contract it justifies like i think it was one year extension giving him this opportunity like at the very least he's done that but you think of the context of that game normally you beat green bay 24 10 finally have a two-score win um that is like it's not a glamorous score but it's a good road win in a tough place to play like rivalry game you know north all this stuff and you go like everyone's bummed out because cousins and it was just the weirdest thing i was like did he get hit like what what in the hell happened contact and I think Kenny Clark had gotten through the line twice there. And that guy's like, that guy's a monster, but like, um, but yeah, you're like, Oh my God, he's, he's gone. Like he's just all of a sudden this guy who never gets hurt ruptures his Achilles. And you could see the Achilles pop on TV too. It was a, yeah. And it was I, a repeat of Aaron Rodgers injury basically. And it just, well, the crazy thing is it's like, it's on grass. It's not in contact. It's yeah, whatever. Bakhtiari can't complain about turf on Twitter anymore because of that. <laughs> <laughs> there's the twitter family guy drop okay no no every everyone knows david Bucky i know it's somewhat one. relevant we, we we uh i do actually love the family guy drops like i actually have like a cartoon vision in my mind when preachers like goes way off like whatever the topic is that's how he envisions it in his head too that's the funniest <laughs> thing to me yeah it's just like yeah I'm but it's like it's like we're just having a casual conversation he's preter like, griffin well, Peter Griffin's great. Like he, we're, we first of all, there. off the air, and I'm bringing this on the air. We were like, "Hey, stay off Twitter. Be careful on Twitter." Preet's like, "I never use Twitter," and just uses Twitter reference. The only <laughs> thing is, like, we're having a casual conversation. It's like Preet just sets the Uzi on the table. <laughs> he's like, "He's like, we're, we're this is getting real. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start firing shots at like David Bakhtiari, who's been injured for like three straight years." <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> again all he does all he does on twitter is cry about not having gr- uh, grass fields everywhere like david it wouldn't matter if you could get on the field get on like, he got also he tours he tours acl on a grass practice field like yeah, you're not helping your case I, here's the thing it's the weirdest injury ever i mean this is not obviously teddy bridgewater it's not the vikings have had weirder things happen but it's just like it's also like for whatever you think of cousins and I've always believed he's above average that like, he's good enough. You always kind of yeah. seek a little bit more, but he dude killed it against San Francisco. He was um, turning it around too. He was and, having a legitimate MVP like case. Yeah. yeah I mean, his two bad games were the games we won early and like, they yeah. were ugly, ugly, ugly wins against bad teams. Yep. And then he started playing really well and the team was putting it together. And then Jefferson got hurt. He got hurt. And you know, through all that, I'll let you talk about, the Falcons game since you were there, but I actually was kind of optimistic about the team then, even then. Well, I guess what I'm getting at though is because, and again, this is zone coverage where like, uh, I don't know if you've seen Moneyball, but it's where you like, they make the players pay the pop machine or whatever. Like we have a shoestring budget. I didn't go. The point is I was like, when I was in Chicago, I was like, oh, I spent the money. I probably would have spent in Atlanta. And I 
Regardless, oh, that's was, right. That's what you're saying. But my point, what the point I'm making there is I was literally like, I don't need to go to this game. Like, mm-hmm. I'm curious who they start. I'm curious about Hall. I will say this about Jaron Hall. Like, I don't know a ton about him. Obviously, I've read up on him. There are some guys, Tyler Fornis wrote for us for a while. That dude is convinced he's like, he's a superstar, right? And like, there's kind of that part of the He's like base. game manager. Isn't that kind of well we had envisioned if he ever became, you know, a starter? He'd, he'd manage a game okay, maybe? He had a, he has a good arm. He's undersized. Okay. Uh He's I mean, mature. He, he, looked, he looked so smooth when he was in that offense, I have to say. Like for the four the, drives or whatever. It was two only, drives. He only hit well, like he wide open. He played throws. the Packers two drives too. And those I, weren't no, great. the Packers two drives were rough. He he couldn't yeah, read the pressure at all. But that's that's but he completed crazy. some passes. Honestly, what can you expect from I think that? He completed one. <laughs> I it was it was the rollout, I think, to <clears throat> to Hawkinson. But I think the I yeah. think the thing with Hall is that like no matter what, he goes in bet with the mentality of he knows Mullins is hurt. He has to step in of Kirk. But like no one expects Kirk to go out. Not only that, I mean, he completed three passes. Um okay, Preet. yeah. I just remember Preet. I think um I, I think the I think the thing is that Packers team and it just I mean just recently they put it together, but is loaded with like talent. The defense I'm saying is like they've invested a whole bunch of money. That's a tough going into Lambo. That's a tough spot for him. The the thing I noticed about Hall is just in talking to him, like he is, he's like an adult, you know what I mean? It's not just like, he's a little bit older, I think because of the mission. And then because of, you know, like guys are coming out of college a little bit older, but like, I think he's someone like 25 and like, he's just very poised. Like you think of a guy who's a rookie being thrown into this situation where it's, Hey, Kirk's gone. He's been playing otherworldly football, like no Jefferson as a target. You have to go on the road. Atlanta's not really a hostile environment. I think there's some reporting that like they pump in sound, right, and stuff like that. But the stadium was empty. My friend Sav was at the game. He got tickets and like, the, like almost in the front row for like forty bucks. Really, and yeah. and like, so it's not. I mean, listen, Atlanta's and it's like that coach uh, Smith or whatever. Arthur so, Smith. Arthur yeah. Smith. That's Headache. so tough watching him give conferences or he, he literally or he coach on the, the sideline even. He will be the first coach. I mean, in a different market, he probably would have been fired already. But like, he's gonna be the first coach to be like let go, and he will literally just join the McAfee show. Like, I think he'll literally like leave his place, you know, wherever he's at in Atlanta, go up and and literally just you know throw on a cowboy hat. And, well, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers has already done that to an extent with uh during you know every single yeah, yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and well, him. What and is it? Rod. Did his dad like start FedEx or something? Like yeah, that? He's, he's a billionaire. He's a billionaire. Yeah, yeah that's crazy what I thought. Story. No, he'll he'll ship he's like emotionless the on the sideline. He's, I mean, he, here's the thing though. I will say this because, like, what I'm getting at is, a when that game was like 10, 11 or whatever, and I was like, Hall looked poised, literally, except for the play he got hurt on, right? And he's out there, and I think he just didn't realize like how physical football is. You yeah, know, it's like, I mean, he looked poised. Like, it was also a great it was play. also a helmet to helmet hit that didn't get called. No, and 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 you can't blame a guy for getting hurt. It's more like he was running out there, and like looking back on it, I was like, I think he just didn't realize like listen injuries is luck but also like some of these guys really know how to protect themselves right and like he just looked like he was like oh this is like this is just a different i mean obviously just a different game and even a different game on one side of line line of scrimmage from the other so i just looked at i was like well i don't need to see any of this like how the hell is josh dobbs who showed up you know i mean we all know the story right like um they trade for him at the deadline like what he did was crazy. It's a huge credit to Kevin O'Connell. I think O'Connell kind of needed this because I think people were looking at go, they're not situational matter uh, masters anymore. Last year was a fluke. Look at how they started. Um, there was a lot and right for criticism. And like, that's two guys working. I mean, I mean, it's just so rare that obviously you get a guy who, who rocket scientists and on the other side of the line is, is this coach who's a calming influence who, Away, it's a way game. I understand this is not like playing in Lambo or playing in a hostile environment, but like is on the headset relaying everything. And the guy is, pro, you know, Dobbs is processing it. And I think I was actually a little surprised in one, the New Orleans game. I know it was here and I know New Orleans isn't that good. I know car went out, all that stuff, but like that actually showed me like, Hey, this isn't a purely a fluke. I actually think the Denver game's not on him. I think of the turnovers and I know we're going to get the wrong game. Like that's Madison, right. It's one of them in a yeah. spot, like just like Philadelphia. Um, one of them is Dobson on a running play. He gets in the head. Um, the other one, he was tipped right on an interception. So like, yes, one so of the again, interceptions like, wasn't his two of them almost were not his fault. And yeah, wait, so, which game in Denver or in, uh, in Chicago? Denver, which our, yeah. boy Sir, our boy Searles was there. Did you guys see that in a full astronaut? With his wife. Oh, he did dress uh, up. I didn't see him dressed up. Yeah. I'm not surprised. We thought we saw him on TV, but somehow they put someone with the worst astronaut costume on there. We have a, a story on the site where where 
um Cyril says I you know he went to mile high um dressed as an astronaut and lived to tell the tale but um but you know like <laughs> this is did he also have a vape in his hand yeah he's probably just ripping a vape in his space suit and mile high baby yeah um uh but like the the point that that game obviously is a pivot point not just because of it Dobbs falls back to earth. Obviously everyone uses that analogy, but like that felt like a nothing game, right? I mean, it, it actually did look at the Packer side. It's like you, you would think under normal circle or other circumstances, like the Packers chiefs would have gotten flexed, right? And all of a sudden the Packers get good and that becomes a game, right? This felt like that, right? Denver gets off to the slow start. Our boy, Chris Thomason, if people remember the, the reporter from St. Paul now covers the Broncos. We remember. Um, yes. The, uh, and just for the, for the audience, the, uh, when, when Peyton got upset and asked, what's the question after getting blown out 70 to, 20 against the Dolphins. Um, that's our guy Thomason pressing on the historic significance of uh, of a loss like that, and like for that team to bounce back. And I know there's going to extra playoff spot. I know that at some point, another 0 and 3 start um, team that starts 0 and 3 will make it. But like the Denver, obviously a pivot point. And then I think the hardest thing with Chicago is not only do you have like this is a team the Vikings beat, right? You know, starting out shorthanded without Jefferson in Chicago. Um, it's an ugly game in general. I mean, there was a debate over whether this was worse or like there was, if you guys remember in 2021, the Vikings won like 17, 15 or something. I may be a little off on that score, but like, you know, cook had more yards than cousins. It was in Chicago is all icy and stuff. And like, but yep. another Monday night game, this is when Jefferson or um, Moss handed Jefferson his pro bowl jersey. 17 to nine. I'm sure. 17 to nine. Uh, yeah, DJ one had, had about four sacks that game all unblocked. Yeah, yeah. So the point being, like, just this ugly atrocious thirty nine times. Oh my god! The, what? What? What now? Justin Fields threw the ball thirty nine times. It was. I mean, that. So I, whether that was worse or this game in Chicago, I think the hardest thing is it was an unwashable product. Basically, I mean, even just objectively, like Carter, you're not, you're not as, you know. Um, it was rough, but I was entertained. I was entertained, but out of a perspective of spite. So it was a little different. Oh, that's right, because you had chosen the Bears, of course. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's like how uh, we were. It's like how we were entertained when we saw uh, Alabama's receiver in the back. Oh my of the god! End. Wow, so it's, it. it's like the fourth time. <laughs> I knew, I and I put a point in coin and pre, and I should not know that. But um, uh, <laughs> just but don't the, look at him. Um, but uh, I've never seen someone grin that much. It's like face muscles are going to get sore because it's not even good either. Nobody even um, cares. The the point point being like the worst thing about this is an unwatchable product. This is where Dobbs listen, like people forgot how Dobbs turned the ball over in Atlanta, right? And how that started because of how it ended, right? And that's that's and it was the teams like you know, they were turning the ball over a lot early season and it kind of slowed down. I mean, that's the thing, is like I get their identity. Well, yes, yes. So no, turnovers no. obviously kill. You're saying that the Vikings killed them in the first five games, if not really have killed them most of the season. Well, yeah, our met- turnovers were just egregious the whole year, pretty much. I mean, we've well, had 24 turnovers, and we're not even what two thirds of the I season. Well, and Matt, and Matt Freeze has has like pointed out, like they win the turnover battle, they win. They tie, oh, they absolutely. win. Absolutely, they lose, and and we all know that. Like it's just near impossible. Um, and it just it just kind of it's it's very different from last year, but it's also I think just worst... unfair to your defense. Would your defense is putting on such a master class? You turn the ball over four times, and it honestly felt more like six with the two failed fourth down conversions as well. Yeah, just to put yeah. Them in that position. And I mean, good on O'Connell to be like, "Hey, we screwed Flores." That basically was his line after the. <laughs> he didn't say it in, in that way, well, but like, I after... mean, he's starting to sound like PJ Fleck week after week, where it's just. You know, it's on us and it's like it is. But what are you going to do about it? You still get all these, you know, conservative play calling on the last drive of the game when you have the lead or you're going to try to win. Yeah, I mean, I I, I have right now, but it's it's early in his career, like as a whole. So I'm not worried or anything. I'm not calling for his head. But yeah, and I would say this, there's more substance to like Fleck is a good recruiter. And like, yeah, I I just throw that out there because that's the woes of Minnesota right now. Yeah, yeah. what now? Row the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Roll he's a good recruiter and hyper. Like there is substance, I think, to what O'Connell's saying. I do think again he outsmarts himself a little bit. And like I think there's I mean, he's learning on the job. We know that he didn't call plays, right, with McVeigh and stuff. I mean, that was kind of the big knock on him. I do think the cultural stuff's real. I do think the players buy into him. I, oh, I think the bot the bottom line is what I'm saying is Chicago's tough to watch. 
Dobbs comes back to earth again to use the analogy, but like this, this looked like Dobbs, right? Can't throw downfield, put him in the pocket, keep him in the pocket. He's not going to beat you with his arm. He will make mistakes. We not only the, the, I think it was four picks, but like he had one that could have been a pick six. Um, he had like uh, a couple that had dropped too. He got pretty lucky to just escape. I think four. he had some bad passes against the saints too. That looked very pickable and were dropped. The first, the first throw to Addison, like a 30 yard pass. It went right through the defender's hand. Yeah. 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 yeah luck. No, and I think that was a throw into double teams. And I think the only reason, again, they won, so we don't think about that. But the other thing right. is, it's because Jameis Winston came in, and Jameis Winston throws a ball, and this is an ESPN stat. The touchdown is a ten percent chance that, that Byron right. Murphy, Byron Murphy had point four yards of set. Had, he only get four point four yards of separation from Chris Olave on that touchdown. Just, yeah, and he played that pretty do, well. Yeah, just honestly, like, as much as we like, don't want to admit it. He, Josh Dobbs, a lot of Jameis Winston in him. I I mean I think in the, in the fact that he turns the ball in the fact that he turns the ball over and is pretty reckless at times like okay, well. when it when it works it looks incredible but when it doesn't you're just like oh it's, 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 it's reckless for different reasons though yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, it's no, no, so it's, reckless it's, for different reasons he's not a gunslinger but no 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 this show is like Matt trying to keep it out of the rails pre mostly talking Carter I think took a nap for ten minutes but uh, oh I, <laughs> I was listening <laughs> but, but I think. I mean, I think to to parse through that, like Winston has more arm strength and is capable of of more explosive plays, right? I think it's, I think it's Dobbs A is just not. He clearly didn't have timing down. Like if you look at that Chicago game, like that, you know, there's if it's Cousins or if it's the starter, it's like the the receiver turns around, the ball's there, right? This is the receiver turns around, has especially separation. with that Addison one right through his hands. Well, here's something that's helmet. unanswered: Why did he look better? You know, the first two weeks and the following two weeks, because like, Chicago theory, kept it, in the it po- doesn't make sense. It might no, have just been I, read and react, but I never, I, and I guess I never asked. But like in Atlanta, all fairness, and again, I don't think Arthur Smith's a world class coach, but like he did prepare for Jaron Hall, probably being like. Yeah, it's really unlikely that the guy that they just traded for is going to appear in this game. He, he hasn't even played. You know, I guess he didn't know that he went, didn't play with the ones, but you could probably like figure out like, hey, Jaron Hall's probably taking all the snaps with the ones. He's got to get ready. And I think they're prepared for him. Very different quarterback. I, New Orleans, I guess you can say what you want. I thought that defense was all right and stuff can generate turnovers. But like um, that's why that was an impressive win. I think what Chicago did really well is they were really disciplined in the rush. Well, and their they defense just said, played pretty well. And they just they just were like, I mean, A, they were getting through the offensive line, which is and a Montez issue. Sweat made a huge difference from the first time we saw them. For sure. Yes. And I but I think they were really disciplined. I think it's they knew like I'm sure the coaches said, don't go be an, be a hero because all you got to do is this guy needs to step. He you want to actually turn Josh Dobbs into Kirk Cousins. I know that's funny, but it's like we know cousins. You know, when well, you cousins saw Dobbs can do that, Dobbs can't. Right. And and you saw the uh, opposite Atlanta, as much as like again, I think now there are some freaking nutsos who were like Josh Dobbs get rid of cousins but like I think most people were like I don't think anyone meant that I wanted to ask you about that because you know yeah. I liked watching Dobbs I was optimistic because he was fun to watch and we had yeah. a mobile quarterback for once I didn't expect him to be anything more the absolute mm-hmm. highest regard I saw him as possibly a bridge quarterback next year for one year no I think it that was the, the highest t- I saw him I think the take from the outside of the complete nutsos the take from like the diehard cousins guys that like you will eventually well, see the other cousins. end of it. Well, no, no, no. But you'll, I think from like a rational cousins person is that like, they'll go, you'll see his value now. And by the way, that is right. Because it's kind of the thing where if you have three options, you don't have one. We all know that cliche, but it's like you're going Mullins, who actually is not very careful with the ball and just not very exciting. Dobbs, who is aesthetically incredibly exciting, like in the outside, of obviously Chicago, like every play is an event. And and by the way, it's it's such an, I mean, so Preet, Preet and I, we, sh- we should acknowledge this to the numbers. So this is Nordo's numbers for KFAN and we go back and forth in a text chain and Arif sent me something. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I think Arif just like it's time time to, you know, like, like go to bed or something. like I'm like, what in the hell is this text? This is a lot of the text messages I receive. One of them, he goes. Dobbs ran 65 yards. I think this is in Atlanta on the just. Oh, the I said this one too. Yeah, the 10 yard conversion. He ran. 54. And I was like. I was like, Preet, that's just not right. Like, where, where the hell is he running? You know what I mean? Like, where do those 65 yards manifest on the field? <laughs> and and it's he literally ran 65 yards for to do that. You have to be hyper athletic and smart enough to at least see the field well enough to know where to go. Right. And like. The combination of, again, he can process a ton of information, right, and kind of understand enough of the playbook um, that he can use his feet and like this in and and again, we forget the good things because they they lost in Denver. But in Denver, he just like shrugged off a guy and threw a touchdown. Oh, and he's an absolute like, magician running. He ran for one too. 
Also, and we'd, be, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that Arifa San this past week got in a Twitter fight with Machine Gun Kelly. But yeah, that was epic. Uh, I I understand. No, uh, um, back to Arif- Twitter. Back to Twitter. <laughs> yes, it supposedly- always comes back. Well, supposedly, pre-chat, supposedly he was off Twitter. On, or saw, um, or even saw I'm, I'm off group chats. I'm, on, I'm still on Twitter. I'll okay, we don't need to get into that. Gotcha. Point, point being, we don't. Uh, point being, I think the I think the thing with this Chicago game is we didn't see any of the Dobbs magic. Um, we saw, like, I mean, I think I think like Chicago is one of the only game it teams to, like win without ever scoring a touchdown. There was some weird stat where they basically it was the first everything. time since 2013 I think a team had won without scoring a touchdown. Yeah, and like and like it's for them obviously. I'm sure you know Iberflus is going. Hey, we finally beat a division opponent. So, but like, it was just not a fun game to watch. It was a Dobbs comes back to earth. It's like a lot outside of defense. Obviously, goes wrong, and then you have to sit on it for two weeks. I mean, that's the issue. Yeah. Is that like? You sneak one out in Denver and you take care of your business against Chicago. The story is, and it actually, by the way, should be Vegas is winnable. Again, I think the Vikings are favored in that one. Um, Cincinnati looks less winnable. I watched that game with old friend Jake Browning and and obviously just kind of a they looked competent. Yeah, and I you know it's hard to know what to know it, like Zach Taylor is beating the allegations. And all um, Jake Browning does is eat ground beef, salt, and honey. So I mean that's a that's a freak is, of nature is right that there. True. Yes, that he ate. That is all he ate for the whole offseason. He seems. He seems. He seems like the perfect Harbaugh quarterback. And salt. If I didn't mention salt, you you said salt. I didn't say salt. Okay. If you agree with Jim Harbaugh, we need to talk about some stuff. But Carter, you followed Jacksonville a little bit. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a part-time Jags fan here and there. Dude, I did not expect their record to be that good because everyone's talking shit about Trevor Lawrence. But their team is Lawrence good. has been good. Well, Lawrence. Well, has he's been kind good. of had a little. He, bit his of a down statistically, here. it's been underwhelming. But if you look at his actual impact in the games, it's yeah. been the exact same. I mean, he's done exactly game, what right? they've needed him to do. Yeah, and so I, I guess my point is that to me, and again, I don't watch the Jaguars a ton, but like that to me feels like you have the right coach. You have one of the star quarterbacks in the AFC. Obviously, he ranks lower than because the AFC is loaded. But like, you have a young, good quarterback, right? You spend an emerging star. On. Yeah, and like. Um, you know, they overpaid for Kirk, and it's like for him to this is Christian Kirk, like go out. I think it was literally on the first play, right? Well. Um, I'll, I'll and then Lawrence, I mean, when Lawrence took that helmet and just like, threw it, you're like, ah, oh, he got crunched somehow. You thought, you thought it was a broken ankle. Uh, the fact that it's a high ankle sprain, just a high ankle sprain, is crazy. It's yeah. it's just a rough week for the state of Florida, all in all. I, I feel I mean, so bad for them. Do they have uh, clarity <laughs> on the injury? State. We don't need to delve on Jacksonville, but. Yeah, he's he's uh he's not out for the season. It's a high ankle sprain, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, It'll probably be like two painful. or three weeks. But he depends on his mobility a lot. Yeah. So point being, and the only reason yeah, I'm talking about Jacksonville is like <laughs> Cincinnati went in as an underdog. That's a game that like I'm sure someone at ESPN thought like let's flex it out, and they probably just didn't have another option. You don't want to move guys. I mean, they've done it. I don't think they had the time. Teams. They were probably because yeah, yeah. Burrow Burrow got injured. What, that was last what, two, two weeks, weeks ago, ago, something like that. Yeah, you don't, yeah, have, you they, don't have the time. The uh, Bengals lost the week before in just that yeah. atrocious-looking game, I think, to the Steelers, yeah. if I'm uh, correctly. It was but, Ravens. Ravens. Ravens, excuse me, not the Steelers then. But, yeah, news division opponent. But, oh, the, yeah, all those then, division games look terrible. Yeah. They yes. always do. Good um, Lord. But I think the point is, like, Cincinnati's still a winnable game. It's not – when I was there yeah, in 21, right. it's not It's not like a really hostile. It's, it's like kind of an old stadium. And I think, like, without Burrow, there's probably – no, I guess I guess with that win, people maybe are back on board. They but have you so many. Like this is my philosophy with the Vikings too. There's Again, just so it's a, many it's offensive weapons. You're just interrupting me, pre. I'm just gonna bring that up so you don't do it anymore. <laughs> Thank you. He's flicking me off. I, you can go after me. I just think that um, they're a lot like the Vikings in the stance I have on them. That you could plug any quarterback there, and uh, they're gonna have you know good success with that. The amount of tools they have. We had yeah, a discussion yeah, yeah. pre-show about interruption. That's why. I again, it's a it's a backup quarterback. You never know when those like it's, yeah, it's again like with right. Josh Dobbs. You never know when those guys are going to fall back down to earth eventually. Like Jake Browning could look like a world beater this week, and next week he could look like he doesn't know how to complete a ten yard. Hey, hey, I don't I know, man. Right. With that diet, that's that's a freak on that side of the ball. It's just right so funny. There. He's like a. To West be fair, West. we forget we forget that he would have been the first over like quarterback taken if he could come out of sophomore year. Like oh, he was yeah, that no, good. He was he was a dog at Washington. Yeah, he just he just got screwed with you know his all his receivers leaving and a bunch of his offensive linemen leaving. Like he was a yeah. good player. He's I not. Think, so, I think the Vikings offered him like their highest ever UDFA contract. 
And, and and like like I said, I mean, outside of the context, when the Vikings, uh, no one wants to see him. No one here wants to see him succeed. But otherwise, you'd want to see a guy like that succeed. The point is, like, those two still should be winnable games, even though they're on the road coming off the bye. I think the biggest thing the Vikings did in losing to Denver and Chicago is you go from like the last three games. They're going to be meaningful no matter what. But imagine again, you win those two games. Uh, you're eight and four. You take care of business, Vegas, Cincinnati. All of a sudden, like you're fighting with Detroit for the division. You are like kind of the big brother to the Packers trying to keep them away. Right. And like instead, you are kind of the Packers peer now. I know no one here wants to hear that, but that is what they are. Oh, you're absolutely. in this kind of mushy middle six and six. There's a ton of teams like that. Hang on. You think of Seattle and stuff, but the Rams even like just kind of hanging around. Um, that's where you find yourself. You have to now take advantage or um, take care of business in Vegas. You have to do it in Cincinnati, which should be winnable. Those and are must just wins now. Yeah, and it just feels different. I mean, we know they I believe they lost in Detroit last year, right? With the weird call where Jefferson had the first down and went back and all that stuff. But like um suddenly like Detroit, which is I don't we know this, like they're not as the, good as their record shows. Well, and it's and not only that, but it's actually like now there's three tiers, right? And it, it, I mean there's more than that, but there's three top tiers in the NFC, right? It would be um among the group that can make the playoffs. It's like Philly, it's, San Fran, Dallas, yes. and Detroit. Yes. But then it's Detroit is like tier two, actually, I think like I think. Yeah, no, no, they're tier two. And it's it's Dallas is its own thing because they like the weird like national team, essentially. And like, you know, like Skip Bayless and and Stephen A. (laughs) can't stop talking about or whatever. But um, uh, there's a different pressure. There's a different deal with with Dallas. But it's like San Francisco, really well coached, pretty well constructed, getting by with Purdy. Right. Philadelphia is in that class, too. I mean, I think Hertz is a better player, but like. You know, they are, I think they elevate Hurts as much as he elevates them, right? It's not Burrow and Cincinnati. It's not Mahomes in Kansas City. It's not whatever. And like, he really has a well super team, team constructed around him. Yeah. And I think Detroit is actually just the Campbells, right? I mean, that's just like this guy comes in, finally is the coach to break through. I mean, Preet, I, I will never forget this that Preet and people need to know this called me on my personal cell phone after, after the, introductory press conference which was incredible this guy's talking about biting off kneecaps and i'm sitting there going this guy's gonna last like maybe two years like i was like this guy's insane there's no way um regardless like preet did call me and ask me if i'd seen a press conference that i had not seen because i was doing other things he since that moment has has created a cult of personality has but i'd like just, to, I'd like to also ahead. point out i called dan campbell being good as well you was... did no, no no you were right <laughs> i think San Francisco and, and Philadelphia. And I think to some extent, I don't want to give Jerry Jones again. Dallas is just its own thing, but San Francisco and Philadelphia are like GM run teams. Obviously San Francisco, a really brilliant coach. You have to give it to Sirianni because of what he's done. But like, in my mind, those are just really brilliantly constructed teams. Detroit is doing a lot of things, right? But I think it is like, they just like have taken on this Dan Campbell mentality and it has worked. And I think then you get into the third tier and that the, the problem is the Vikings fell into that third tier. And instead of competing with the Detroit in that second tier, you are now like you're fighting for your playoff life. Yeah. And I think it's going to be interesting because like Seattle is a semi rival, right? You go back, like, again, you kind of have to skip a couple years now, but like that used to be a big thing going out to Seattle. Now you're competing for a spot with them. You're competing. Like think of the Rams dynamic, obviously because of West Phillips and, and Kevin O'Connell. And then, you know, you compete with green Bay. There is some intrigue and stuff, but you just drop to this, this down a class. Right. And like, yeah. now, and, and that's that, that is kind of the sin of the Chicago game. I actually think you beat Chicago, even if that's a, a dumb, like, like, you know, you get a field goal in there and it's 13, 12 and you don't feel good about it. You go into the bye week with the win. You're, you're seven and five. It feels different. I mean, no matter what, you'd have to take advantage or take advantage of these games in, you know, Vegas and Cincinnati. But yeah, that's the problem is like the Detroit games will matter. Obviously, these last three games will matter, assuming they take care of business. But it just feels different. And like and it looks worse because Detroit these last two weeks have looked really like beatable. They don't look like the Detroit we saw earlier in the year where they're blowing teams out. They look well, there's still a small great. fraction of the season that there's a chance that the season is still in like the Vikings hands. Yeah. Uh, with those two games. Those two losses. Just, yeah. You Now you have to hope for well, a couple other things. Let's, let's wrap this up quick. I do want to be, I want to ask this and we can go around, I think, because I think everyone's going to have a little bit different of opinion. Uh, who's the most likely quarterback to start in Las Vegas? And who do you want to start? I think that's fun. We can start yeah. 
I mean, going off the reporting, it feels like Dobbs. I was actually, here's the thing. I was convinced it was going to be Mullins. I thought like Mullins was the guy who, you know, they were very deliberate and moving off a of Mannion, who I think is more of a coach to Kirk kind of than, than we obviously saw him play in Green Bay. Um, oh so, to, to Mullins, who Mullins is like five and 12 as a starter. I mean, he's kind of a ridiculous quarterback. But he quarterback has started. And, I like that about him. Most, most passing yards in his first 13 games since Patrick Mahomes, mind you. And and he's a risk taker and he's just a different kind of back. But I think he's they wanted him for a reason. By the way, that is legitimate experience. I think he is helpful to Kirk. I think he's like he does things off the field. Right. And, he, and that is evaluated when you're talking about a backup quarterback who's really not supposed to play. Right. Every team wants to start their starter the whole season, especially when it's Kirk Cousins and his track. That's record, why Kyle right? Slaughter never lasts in the NFL is because he was not, you know, allegedly not great in practice. Yeah. Kyle Slaughter was something. Kyle Slaughter is like a Vikings legend still. But um, Absolutely. I think. I think the I think the point is like I thought it'd be Mullins. The reporting says it's Dobbs. Out of that game, it felt like that KOC is really unsure about Dobbs, and that was not like him. That's no, like and, him I, and act. No, you're right. And I remember sitting in the press conference. Usually, I'm just like taking notes on certain things, and like I'm like, did he just say that? And not that it was like egregious, and he wasn't right. unfair. I think it's what K- O'Connell did well here is a you don't know, like. I know people think you want the coach to rip players in the media, but what happens is actually the Mon situation where like, and I know he was asked about him, but like after a disaster game in green Bay and we know Zimmer's kind of on his way out, he just decides to like fly by a guy who's just trying to hang in the league. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that is, it's just like, you actually don't want that. What O'Connell I think was just being honest in that like, Hey, I can't just hand the job over to a guy who just threw four interceptions. I do know they're going to spend these two weeks. It's funny. Wes Phillips said something today where he was like, Honestly, the players probably don't want, like the week 13 bye because like I think back to that Philadelphia game and like Hawkinson looked like he was near death. Like this, everyone's asking about 02. He looks all beat up. He just like, you know, obviously this is the short week and he's, you know, he's sitting there and he goes, we're fine. We're fine. He's like, we, we got to get rolling. But I think our bye week's like week 10 or something like that, you know? And I was like, dude, it's week 13. And he kind of looked at me like, oh no, <laughs> you know, like that is so far away. And obviously these players, you know, don't pro- probably would all want to be in like kind of the. The, I think the bye could be a better in the middle. Yeah. And and it either, I mean, for some teams it comes too early and then it's not really offering much relief for the Vikings though, for the coaching staff. I think they like this because it's a large inventory and they can go, we've seen Dobbs. We know kind of, we can project what cousin or what Jefferson will look in the offense. Obviously we know how to like how good he is, but how he affects other players. Um, you have something on Addison. Now you have something on the offensive line. Think how many moving parts there have been. The fact that Barr I think scooped up a, a um, fumble i mean that guy's back and playing right away acres was good reisner's been good um you know they i know powell was with the team but like powell stepped up when he's had to like powell's been had, like a little safety valve for dobbs too dude that guy powell is so, should be wide receiver three powell's yeah. the funniest dude like he he, he started punching up. kyle gordon and kyle gordon got the flag was, or <laughs> kyler gordon it was so funny he's i mean that dude is something else he was the Vikings were very explicit where you're, I mean, this became a controversy last year, I think in Chicago, but it, there's the seven stud cleats, which you wear like for slippery games and five stud, which is literally just like fewer cleats underneath it. And like the Vikings are explicit where your seven studs, they have a big sign as you walk in the locker room, where the seven studs, we ask him, he goes, nah, dude, I just prefer the thighs. <laughs> I was like, Ben and Powell just does what he wants. Uh, but, uh, he was like, he's like, yeah, I'm from Florida. I don't know if I'm ready for the cold. Like I get cold at like 40 and we're like, dude, it gets down to like, you know, minus 10 here. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? But that dude is like Brandon Prout Powell, truly like an American hero. But like, you know, you have guys okay. just stepping up, um, you know, stepping up, stepping into the lineup, unfamiliar, kind of ready to go. And I think for the team to have 12 weeks. Right. And I know it's six and six, but like, you know, 12 games to, to look at film and to that, my guess is they're going to look and go like, look, you can go with Mullins. It's just like Mullins isn't going to take care of the ball. He is only like cousins in that he's not incredibly dynamic and he has some arm strength, right? Like um, you can go with hall, but they're not at that point in the season. You know, again, if this is a lost year, I, you, you, I, yeah, go I was going to say they lose, if they lose the Raiders and the Packers win might be just time to see what you have in hall. Maybe after the Bengals game, maybe after the Bengals game. And and I think here's the thing. You also don't want to overexpose him, not only just like from yeah. an injury risk or whatever, but it's like Jaron Hall succeeds if he just doesn't play for a while. And that's not a knock on him. That's being a fifth round pick, a guy who like, and I'm talking Even like first round picks two. had to do that. Look at Jordan Love. He sat out 
get two or three years. And then look at the opposite as to what's happening with Bryce Young. Bryce Young, right now. Bryce Young exactly. is a great no, and and that's the thing is like I actually went to Carolina in part, obviously, as much as I don't want to uh, admit it, I wanted to see pre, but like I also like I wanted, to, I wanted to see uh <laughs> I wanted to see uh he's just um, saying that. I wanted to see Bryce Young because like I was you know, I was curious, obviously, as the the first pick and like I mean, that's as disaster as you get an impatient owner, you know, a coach no, who's probably it's not his fault that. at all. Yeah. And and who, here's the thing. You would always take Stroud. And to be honest, Houston looked like that's a Bill O'Brien mess. Right. That goes back to that. But like um, get the right coach. Finally. Right. Houston Stroud wanted Bryce right Young, too. Like, I, I feel like we don't mention that enough. Like Bryce Young was consensusly above Stroud. In most no, it's a crapshoot. We're talking. I think he's talking hindsight now. Oh, OK. No, yeah, no and, and I, what I'm getting at is like. There is a nature and nurture thing. Again, ultimately, the player just has to be good, right? But, like, Cousins was put in the wrong situation and handled it right. I'm thinking about Washington here, right? And, like, he had to adjust to going from, hey, somehow you were the guy drafted to be a backup, right? Um, In the wrong situation. He's kind of talked about that before, that he didn't really expect to be in Washington. Chaotic organization, all that stuff. To like, hey, you're the franchise guy. We were handing you 84 million. There's no, you know what I mean? This is, it's um, a guaranteed contract. And like, Cousins, I think, has maximized the nature, right? At the very least, whatever you think about him, like he has maximized his own ability. Um, he studies. He, we all saw this in the quarterback, right? He did all the quarterback documentary. Like he does He's everything. Also a he great guy to hand the keys off from to a young guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, um, and really like a secure guy. Like even when they drafted Mond, he was like, you know, bringing him in and like every, every indication is that like he's handled this really, really well. Um, and I think the, um, but I do believe there's a nature nurture balance where like you can be a really naturally great player. You get behind a bad line with bad coaching, no weapons, and you just get crunched for your first few years. And like, you just either mentally or physically or both just can't, reach your potential, right? I think Bryce Young in the right situation. Well, at the very least, be a good quarterback. I think Stroud in some ways probably overcame a situation, right? Houston still seems kind of like a mess. They gambled big time on this draft, not only on him, but I believe traded up for a defensive end. Um, Will Anderson and and Tank Dell. Worked out great, but good Lord, you are right. That's a gamble because people are going to look on that so differently now. They they traded their first round pick this year for Will Anderson at three, which – if that didn't work out, you look like a moron. You look like you're gifting the Cardinals, like Drake May or Caleb Williams. And that's the thing is like you, I mean, honestly, you kind of look like Carolina in a different way, right? Yeah, and like, was, I didn't want to say it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. want to say it. Yeah, no, and I know, I know we got two good Carolina boys I'm, here. I'm, not, I'm not glad you said it because if I if I said it, they'd call me spiteful and petty. So, you know. No, I just, my point Bonk is they get no wrong. They gambled, and I think they got the right coach, got the right quarterback, and we see the results. And I think Stroud will end up being really good. I think my point is the Vikings want to be an organization. They should want to be an organization where, like, they maximize everybody, which, by the way, I actually think for the most part they have. I mean, you could look at, like, a regular trade and be like, why did that happen? Listen, I think that was because, like, Matt Daniels probably stood on the table for him. He wanted a special teamer, and they wanted to see if there was something left. In a, I mean, they did need a punt returner at the time. Yeah, but and I mean, he turned most... out to not be a great punt returner. But 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 the thing is, they were right on Acres. They were right on Reisner. Um, they were right on Addison when you probably should have drafted a cornerback in that spot, right? Given kind of the needs of the team, um, they've they've gotten a value with pace. Uh, Asma, like I guess you could say, is a step back, but like he looked good last year. Um, I think that's more of a product of pace, just exceeding expectations and that's an undrafted guy who like he's not that big and like he you know what i mean you see him in a scrum and you're like where did he go um but you know like that guy is maximizing his ability cousins has in his own way i understand he's paid a lot but like cousins has in his own way um justin jefferson like think of the kind of the the rep he had and, and why he wasn't the first guy drafted and that guy has squeezed every ounce out of like the expertise of route running right and like now he's now we look at him as unstoppable that wasn't a guarantee at all um, and I think, um, you want to be that organization. I think it's like something the Packers have done some stuff wrong, obviously, but it's something they've done right in their own way. And they're benefiting from, uh, Jordan love. Like, I think the Kansas city did this really well with Mahomes, putting him in a good situation right away. Um, you know, I think that's what I hope uh, this team does is that, and I don't think Jaron Hall's that guy. I don't think Dobbs is going to be that guy. No. Um, that's why I'm like on board with bringing Kirk back as a bridge and the injury maybe helps the Vikings in that situation. Yeah. But for this year, I think my goal is, you know, maybe give Dobbs that second chance. And then I want to see what we have in Jaron Hall. I don't, do you guys disagree? Like Preter Carter? I know 
I mean, I wouldn't say about on all. I wouldn't say I appreciate. I I agree with starting Josh Dobbs. I think it's it probably gives you the best chance to win. I wouldn't say that you bench him after just one loss. I think you give him maybe one more game. Most two losses in a row. No, no, I'm saying if you lose uh, oh, after gotcha. the bye. Going forward, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you give him the Bengals game as well. Unless he looks awful, like another four-pick game, then obviously you bench him. But these next two these next two weeks will tell you a lot. Um, the Raiders like, is a good game to come out and really test the waters, I think, because I mean, know, if they're, you lose, in a, they're in disarray lose, right now. Yeah, if you lose those next, the Bengals and Raiders games, then, you know, oh, then you just you, you bench and you start Hall and see for the future at that point because oh. there's nothing left to play for at that point. I'll say this. I don't know what Aiden O'Connell is, but, like, I don't know if Antonio Pierce is like their next guy, but like the, the way, way I feel like the Raiders, if you don't go win that game, they'll probably yeah. take it. Right. You know what I mean? And like, like go smash them. You know what I mean? Make a statement coming out of the that you're different. Yeah. Than than the team that lost to Chicago. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's, let's have a, let's have one week where we don't have to collectively hold our breaths till the last. Oh, that won't happen. Time. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know we'll, about that one. Pre- we'll do this. Good transition time. Uh, what are our predictions? I guess I'll go first just to get through this quick because we're running a little late. Um, I'm picking the Vikings. I think it's going to be like 21, maybe 18 to 10. I don't think it's going to be a pretty game, to be honest with you. But I think it might look like some of the other ones. Like, it'll look like the Vikings really want it. But then, you know, the Bengals start creeping back at the end. And the, the game Raiders, score. Raiders. What's that? Raiders, Raiders not the Bengals. What did I say? Bengals. I jumped ahead. Uh, Raiders score some points in garbage time make it look closer than it was so that's my guess similar to my prediction uh i have uh 24 20 i think uh brian Flores is able to fluster rookie quarterback a good amount early on and then like what's been happening recently his, def- his defenses gets gassed at the end i feel like we see yeah. maybe hopefully we see less turnovers but i don't know i think it's going to be another close game i think these are just two teams that are riding emotional highs and emotional lows and we'll see that very evident and to kind of jump into where I'm uh, singing my song from this perspective, it's pretty similar to Preet and Matt so far. I don't really know why, but this game is just really reminding me of the 2022 Commanders-Vikings games, that it's just going to be one of those just ugly, gross oh, no. wins that you just oh, have no. some weird calls, like some weird ref P- like something weird, something <laughs> raidery uh. happens, but the Vikings just end up edging it out and like uh, – a weird victory. I'm going to say it's going to be like 23 to 17 and just a, a weird gross game is the best way I can describe it. Now we do keep track of the guest records, as you know, so. Yeah. Um, the, uh, just on the Washington, that's the Heineke one where Heineke underthrows the ball to Curtis Samuel. Cam Bynum gets whacked by the ref. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm, just a nasty game. Here's the thing. No one like focused on this, but it's so funny that they beat Heineke in Atlanta too, but like <laughs> Heineke and Jake Browning, man. I, the funny thing is we all thought you'd see Kyle Slaughter again, right? Kyle Slaughter like never dies, but yeah, like, that's funny. What's yeah, your prediction, Tom, for just a, yeah, story? I'm going to, I'm going to go like 24, 16. I actually think it's going to feel like a bigger win and I, it's going to hide in that little, like, you know, one you know, or bubble or whatever. Um, but I do, I think if anything, it's fitting if they stop, start Dobbs that a guy who, who gambles like he does and also probably can count cards and, you know, it is fun to watch some casinos. Play, I will say that. Yeah. You feel like a guy like that should win in Vegas, but yeah, I, I mean, I do think they pull this one off. I certainly, if you, if you just let Vegas hang around, they'll beat you. But, um, of these two games, Cincinnati seems more threatening right now after that. Hey, Devonte Adams versus Justin Jefferson will be much wa- must watch TV. Great, that is exciting guys, to see. JJ the guys throwing back. to them definitely. You can miss them. You know, you don't need to watch them. I want to see what Dobbs can do with Justin Jefferson. That's a fair point we forgot to bring up. Like that might define the rest of the season for him too if he utilizes <laughs> him. Dobbs will be like, I don't have to be that smart. I just hit the Justin Jefferson button. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he so. gets a catch. Uh, with that, Carter, you want to introduce Super Gremlin? Of course, my favorite segment of the show. Super yeah. Gremlin of the Week is our segment where we talk about nothing related to anything we talked about, coined by <laughs> Antonio Brown when he stormed out of MetLife Stadium to end his NFL career. And I probably have the most base level Super Gremlin take that I've had, you know, not referencing any college events, because if I do that, we'll go down corner. a huge rabbit hole right now. And I'm happy we have not talked about that truthfully because it'll just melt my brain. I'm just going to go with something simple but entertaining. Watching that Chargers-Pats game epitomized (laughs) what the Chargers have been like their whole career and then what the Pats have been this season. And that just – if you want to talk about something that melted my brain, good grief. I mean, 
the Quentin Johnson drop was just, I think, the point of the game. You know, I actually watched it, surprisingly, uh, that I just was absolutely baffled. And then all those stats come out about all the receivers that were drafted after him. Quentin Johnson only has like 140, 150-something yards on the season. Just just a nasty game. And it's to me, it's really sad to see 190. Okay, thank you. Give that man his full respect. <laughs> Sorry, I, the the forty yards I was off. You know, I mean that those could have been forty yards of a game winner, or a big third down conversion. But you know, he dropped that this week. So. He dropped it last week too against the Packers. And so. last week, yeah, I was about to say that's two weeks in a row that he's dropped a critical ball. But man, it's just sad to see Justin Herbert's career go like this. Fire Brandon Staley. It just can't believe that that hasn't already Ramondre happened. Andre Stevenson got hurt in a worthless game. Uh, yeah. Then just to see Belichick just just fizzle. It's you know, kind of genius. Respect him. It's, it's kind of genius what he's doing. He's making it look like if he had a quarterback, he'd win all these games. It's not I, I think that there's a Belichick effect that whenever Belichick mess Belichick messes up, everyone just assumes it's next level genius. It and is. it's just this fun it little is. way of coping that sports fans have with, with Belichick at this point. It is. I'm, that is what I'm I surprised I they didn't I'm dead serious. I'm surprised that they didn't trade him. Because like I do. I the charge. The chart. The chart. That is such a David Tepper move to make, by the way. To trade a coach, yeah. To I, trade for to trade for uh, Bill Belichick when you're clearly in a rebuild. I, I just. I think the thing is, like, they won't fire Staley. It's the same with McDaniel's. They have to like get through a certain amount of his contract, literally, because like there's owners that like can sneeze at like buying out a guy's contract. There's other ones who like that's meaningful money, and they're not going to just blow it, right? And so. I, I mean, who knows? I do think Staley will probably just go somewhere and be a good defensive coordinator. But um, but I, I was like, the Belichick thing was interesting just because I was like, it does make some sense in that, like, you're trading Staley. You're not eating the contract, probably. And, like, Belichick might go, hey, I can go do something with Herbert. I, I think you're right, though. I think I think they're just going to end up getting Drake May, and then Belichick will just be like Popovich. <laughs> and, like, just never leave the league. Can we please... That's the- that's the his head's going to be frozen on the sidelines, still coaching a hundred years from now, like the Futurama. Alive. Like if you yeah. told me he's like he's just kind of wandering around like a zombie. And, uh, 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 well, that that press conference picture where he's wearing those torn Patriots <laughs> clothes does not help that argument. Yeah, yeah no, he just looks undead. Yeah, <laughs> I would like Preet to give his super gremlin next, so we can uh... not end on it. Yeah, insult. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So mine is Ryan Shazier. Inspiration to all. You know, we all remember that game. He went down in Cincinnati, couldn't walk. Horrific, right? Very scary. And, you know, through it all, we've seen, you know, his wife stand by his side, her helping him walk. I think she was there when he made the draft pick. for. The He's Steelers also an alopecia king, just like Dobbs. Yes, yes. Like truly an incredible guy. Well, uh, this week, it turns out he's been cheating on his wife and his wife found it through text messages on his Mac. And, uh, I'm not going to say the books, the titles of the books he was sending his side piece. You guys can Thank look you. those up. Thank you. But the fact that he was sending them volume two of a book where I'm not even, I'm, I'm surprised there's a volume one is incredible. So Ryan Chazier, you're my super gremlin of the week. I like how the submission for pre like Carter's like, oh, there's this game that, you know, terrible game that happened. Tough stats, you know, the fall of Bill Belichick and the Preet says, yeah, this guy cheated on his wife. Hey, it hey. really represents the <laughs> duality of Super Gremlin. You really can't talk about it. You know, anything. that is yeah. kind of beautiful. I was almost going to nix Pete's Preet's pick, but that is kind of beautiful when you put it like that. Exactly. She helped him through There's so much. There's a lot much. of range. This segment has a lot of range, people. She helped him through so much, and he, you know, ended up cheating on her despite not being able to walk for about two years, which is incredible. That's terrible. Um, I'll give mine quick and we'll end on Tom's because apparently it's going to shock the world. We all don't know it. We should probably specify that. That <laughs> was the yeah, that was off record. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to give props to DK Metcalf for really going out there, learning a new skill, learning sign language, <laughs> so he can get away with talking more trash on the field and not getting a flag. Incredible. Because the No Fun League has really cracked down on any sort of, you know, on the field talk. Yeah, Carter. What do you think gets banned first, the tush push or talking trash and sign language? I almost, language? I almost was going to submit Roger Goodell, but the sign language. <laughs> I think, I, here's I the thing: sign language, language is going to get banned first. The I think sign so language too. is almost genius marketing because think of how many like 
people are going to start learning ASL because of that. Like that. And, and honestly, like the the yeah, streak that really can make merch out of hey, DK Metcalf, hey, like throwing DK up Metcalf, sign language. DK Metcalf is to the deaf community what Travis Kelsey is to the Swifties. That's all I'm going to say. I pray, what in the hell? What in the hell? You speak in tweets that you want to go viral. I'm gonna tweet. I'm gonna tweet that out next time he scores a touchdown. You're not supposed to tweet. Make sure that uh, Kelsey's trending so you get some traction on it. I have a deaf friend and he doesn't even know sign language, so I don't know how universal it is. Oh man. No, yeah, that's Tom. Can you oh, top that? Lord. Can you top pre- whatever Preet has to say in any game? I, I, I don't think I can if we're getting late in the show. But um, just for a little context here, we use a uh, an application called Slack for uh, for zone coverage. Obviously, the three people <laughs> on this uh, on this call know because you guys have all written in some capacity for our website. But it's a way for me to separate my personal life, where people, especially Cy Amundsen, Blake Wexler, Ethan Hydorn. Uh, just send jokes mostly at my expense in a group chat or uh, or my friends make fun of me or my cousins do and my professional life in Slack where we try to make sure everyone gets it working on time, work on people's pitches, develop writers. Um, you know, there's a lot of communication that goes into that. So Perfect uh, super the important but... podcast. The, the, say that again. Sorry. Perfect. The love boat podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so <laughs> uh and so obviously we use it entirely professionally. So I get a Slack message from, and I'm going to try this name here. I think it's Preet Shaw. I think, uh, I think Carter and Matt, I believe you follow him on Twitter. I, I've heard, I've heard of the name before. I think Not really someone written, I associate. Carter doesn't with. use Twitter and I have Preet muted. So gotcha. Yeah. I'm I, just kidding. I don't. Either way. I just noticed you guys had followed him at some point. I, I know he's written for us in the past on and off and stuff like that, but it hits me on Slack and I, I think, oh, he's coming back to write, you know, prodigal son. Pick up where he left off. Um, and he goes, Good thing Arif doesn't write for Zone anymore. And I was like, Arif Hassan, one of our best writers, a good friend of mine, uh, someone who's having a lot of success with the <laughs> wide left substack. Why do you say that? Uh pre and uh he goes, Well, he broke the no arguing with people online rule, which is a rule I try to enforce and uh, cannot enforce with our <laughs> website. Please don't argue with people on Twitter, it's not worth your time. But he's arguing with Machine Gun Kelly. And I was like, here's the thing. The one way you can break that rule is if you want to argue with Machine Gun Kelly, and especially if you're Arif Hassan, which, by the way, I had seen, you know, before getting this message him going forth, he did own him. Like, there's like. Can you imagine being Machine Gun Kelly and like taking the bait on Twitter? That's so insane to me. <laughs> so funny from Arif Hassan. It's just the best. It's it's amazing. Um, And so. Uh, so pre apparently has a bingo card, uh, that has, uh, Arif and machine gun Kelly going back and forth on Twitter. And he says, you know, that was, that was, uh, on his bingo card for 2023. Um, and then informs me that he needs Cy and Rob to start a combined only fans. And then I bingo, um, this would be two people I work with, um, who there are, do you no have fans. an HR department or is it like just, <laughs> It's me. It's me like, just ending on a bonus? podcast, trying to put someone on blast on the most public forum I can okay. with them on the on Old the school. show. And um, <laughs> I don't know how that went into your head. Like I, I just like I've never put those three words together or like ever. I think Cy so, so, so referenced it once in an episode, and I was like, "Yep, this is going on the oh, this, oh, so, it was so it was a Family Guy reference." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, who, who, am, who have I idolized on the Cy Almondson show? Every one of them. Joe. Joe, every one and of them. Who is the king of callbacks? Joe, Jim. Joe would Joe. I miss Joe on that show because Joe would be in my place because Joe did live in my in my humble abode here for for two in months of quarantine. Mansion. Yeah, just having. I would have Cy yelling him over at, over Skype. I hear Joe laughing as he like makes a callback from like 2017 or whatever. But um, uh, Joe is a hero. He is uh, he is the Brandon Powell. He, he's someone we need to have on this podcast. You do need Joe. I want to be yeah, on the, I, me and Joe actually need to be on the same show. But, I, I um, just I just would like to say Arifa San Arifa San has been has been like such an inspiration for me. Like I, I I'm gonna get kind of sentimental here seeing like another fellow, you know, brown man right for the Vikings. And it makes me think that if I continue on my trajectory that I'm on, maybe one day in the year twenty thirty four, I could have a Twitter it. beef with Jack it. Harlow or G Easy. Yeah, so here's the thing. He walked right into. The, by the way, I don't want to point this out. This is like 8:45 my time, which, by the way, is later for you, Preet, on a Wednesday. Like it's this 9, is 10. This came. This came like 
out of nowhere on a Wednesday, like on, He's on our talking Slack. about when you sent this. Oh, oh yeah. yes, yes, yes. That's what I'm saying. And so, uh, yeah, so he sends this at 8.45 my time. But yes, that's what, so Preet apparently is, is his goal here is to use his notoriety from the love boat to get in a fight with Jack Harlow. And so, I don't know, maybe Me you guys again. disagree. I think that's a super gremlin. I think all that no, is a super I, move. It's so nice hearing what he actually <laughs> sends you because he'll like talk to me about it at some points, and I'm like, I'll Preet, why would you send that? I'll yeah, post but it on my to, like, Instagram account. Hear it Look at this from guy. your perspective is just Burner insane Instagrams. because Preet just makes it sound Log like out, it's bro. normal for y'all to have these conversations. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Most conversations I have, and they do veer into interesting places on Slack, but most of them are literally like, here's my story. I'm working. Th- I, oh, have you thought about that? You know, here's a little additional context or whatever and, and perfecting the pitch and then letting us know like, hey, it's ready. So Brian and I on the football side, at least Brian Miller, our editor, um, know it's ready. And so that we can get it out in the morning and like um, somehow pre you idolize Joe. You have a callback from Cy that I forgot. That's insane with Cy and Rob Searles. That he's still and then this is actually the kind of stuff Chris Shad. I'm just going to put people on blast here. Chris Shad sends me this stuff and you don't know about this creep because it's a personal chat. So I don't know, like your inspirations. I mean, I, here's the thing. I texted Ethan and I was like, yeah, we've just corrupted Preet. And Ethan's like, of course we did. He was a Cy Amundsen show intern. Like he's like, that guy stood no chance, but this was, this was the final book. Again, I idolized Cy from the time I was like 16. I wanted to be like him till I turned about 20. And the only thing I got that makes me like him is an autoimmune disease. So like, take <laughs> that what you want. There we go. That was actually a good That's one. That's a classic. That's a classic pre-shaw joke right there. Oh, man. This has been very much a love boat show. Also, it's well, 15. We I'd like to say, I'd like to say, Tom, you've just completed Tom, you are at fault, Tom. You've just completed your voyage on the love boat. Can you say it one more time? You've just completed your voyage on the love boat. He's going to hit sound. You're fired. You're fired.